Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. You know, the word sustainable is powerful. It means basically that something can last. And I want to ask you, are you living a sustainable life? Well, there are some things that I think can cause you to not last. And one of them is having your heart broken, living in a what the Bible calls a deferred hope status, where the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So if you're living like that, disappointed, hearts deferred, you feel like all the things you wanted to put off, you know what happens? You end up crashing and burning. How in the world do you manage a life that's disappointing? Let me show you that today in our study. It's really going to be great. Book of Proverbs, where we're going to start, stay right there. The Word of God will lift you today and help you find your path to a better life. Stay right there. Well, glad you're back. Listen, I want to take you on a journey today and to one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It's in the book of Proverbs, and it really speaks to something that I think is important if you really want to be a happy person. You have to learn how to manage disappointment before it manages you. And if you're not careful, the disappointment in your life can really drive you to a place. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, makes a statement about this that really is helpful. Here's what it says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I need to just get you to travel with me down the road of honesty and ask yourself a question. Am I a happy person or am I living a disappointing life that is literally um, out of control? I'm trying to pretend I'm okay, but I'm not really okay. Hope deferred, living in that state of always wanting something, but you never get it. The Bible says it leads to sickness. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. And so that's why I want you to manage this before it manages you, before it gets you to a place of sickness. I want you to think about your life. Now, if I were really honest, I, I like my life. I really do. But what's surprising to me is even though my life is really good and there are a lot of areas of my life that are challenging, but that's eh, this. They're not as challenging as there are good things. There are more good things in my life than challenging things. I am blessed to have a good relationship with my wife and blessed to have a good relationship with my kids. Uh, it's not perfect. We always have moments of adjustment. That's part of life, right? <laughs> but we have a good life. We enjoy each other. I feel good about me. Oh, I love my church. I love my staff. I mean, I can go through a long list of things that I like about my life, family. But the issue for me is how I think. I always tell people, change the way you think, you'll change the way you feel. And if I'm really, really honest, it's easy to slide into a place of, of, of um, dread. It's easy to get to a place where you're not happy. And that's what I want to explore today. Because what I've been talking about for the last few weeks is the word sustainable. And my argument has been um, a lot of us are living lives that are not sustainable. And so that was the question for the month. You know, are you living an unsustainable life? Are you living a life that's not sustainable? Are you living a life that if you we were really honest, this is not good? And there are some things I said to you that were not sustainable. And one of them is if you live a life where you expect everything to grow, right, without decline. I said there's going to be times in life when you, you grow and you have great success and things are going well, but then there's decline. You have to learn how to manage both the growth and the decline. That's part of it. And if you, if you think you can have life without growth, I'm sorry, without decline, that's not sustainable. Growth is not sustainable without decline. It's going to happen. And I talked about in the last sermon, I believe, that about fruitfulness, and I said uh, success, economic success specifically. You can't have economic success without decline. There are going to be moments when it's, you're going to have decline. This is part of it. You can't run from that. 
Learning how to manage both sides is important. Times when I have money, Paul says I learn how to you know, abound and be happy. I learn how to be debased. I learn how to struggle. I learn how to go through times when it's not easy. So learning how to manage both of those, that's sustainable. Having the attitude that says, okay, this is the season when it's not going to be prosperous. This is the season when I can't save as much. This is the season when it, there's no growth. The church isn't going to grow. The business is not going to grow. I'm on level five. This is important. And I'm not going to level six or seven or eight. And I'll be here for two years. This idea that you have to go next level, next level, next level, next level all the time isn't true. I think it puts a lot of pressure on you. So learning how to manage that. Ecclesiastes chapter three is a text I gave you in our first sermon here. And I said, um, there's a time and a season for all things. There's a time when you grow. There's a time when you decline. There's a time when you're fruitful. Money is rolling in. There's a time when it stops rolling in. And there's a time when you become filled with hope. Right. And there's a time when you have great success and that hope comes to pass. That's why he said it in the verse. If you look at it again, he says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled man is a tree of life. That's a great moment. Learning how to balance the moments when you're fulfilled and you feel great and moments when you are feeling like, man, you know, there's no hope. Hopeless moments, hope deferred, those moments when. I wanted to be married at a certain time. It didn't happen. I wanted to have a job and I didn't get it. I wanted this. I wanted that. And there are things that didn't work out like I planned. How do you manage both? That's important. And if you can't manage both, you'll be frustrated. And so in this sermon, we're going to specifically look at the issue of hope deferred. And I got some questions I want you to just kind of think about. OK, just these are just questions to think about. Five questions you need to think about. Number one, what is your hope and dream? What is it that you hope and dream for? Um, you know, it's interesting about me. This is not my hope and my dream. I never dreamed to pastor or preach or anything. I never dreamed that I could do this. And so sometimes what God has to do is get you to a place where he elevates your mind slowly and pulls you to a place where you can see what he sees. Your potential sometimes is stuck on a job making, you know, minimum wage. And the Lord says, ah, I can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can own your own business. There are things that you maybe can't see that he'll help you see. I believe as you knock, seek and ask. But I want you to just think about that for a minute. What is your hope and your dream? And that's what we're going to do in this sermon. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to think about them. I want you to think of it. It might be great to write it down. Here's my hope and my dream. And sometimes you can't share that with anybody. You can't, you know, people comment on it. Nah, you, you'll never be able to do that. Don't, don't write a list everybody gets to comment on. This is, just, this is just between you and I, you and God, rather. Okay. And when you get a chance, I don't even, I don't even get to see your list. I mean, I want you to just for a minute, think about, what you want. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Genesis 2.19. And in Genesis 2.19, the Bible says that God went to see what Adam would name the animals, basically. He went to see. He went to see. He wanted Adam to name the animals and he wanted Adam to, to um, get this opportunity. I'm going to turn to that verse for a minute. I want you to see this. This is a really good verse. I hadn't planned on using it, but it's a really good Genesis 2.19. This is this is um, after creation and, and the Lord puts a man in the garden and he says this. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to, to see what he would name them. And whatever, whatever, whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the Lord went to see. Well, God is omniscient, right? But he didn't want to interfere in Adam's decision making. There comes a moment when you get to state your dream. What is your dream? Adam wanted to call it an elephant. That's an elephant. Whatever he named it. 
And this is showing God's desire to give man an independent thought. Everything that I do is not always created by God. He says, what do you want to be, Rick? What do you feel? Okay, now you may say, well, wait a minute. Doesn't God give you gifts? That's not, that's not the conversation. I understand he gives me gifts. But, when you, but notice this is him giving you free will. That's why I tell people all the time, name your animals. Name your animals. Name the things that you, are, you want to do. What do you want to call this? What do you want to call yourself? What do you want to be? Well, don't you think I have a purpose? Yeah, I understand all that, but I'm trying to get you to at least be free enough to name your animals. What is your hope and your dream? And I think what's interesting is for me, I had to, and I'll share mine in just a little bit. I, I had to come to, to be okay with saying that, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Number two, second question, what is your greatest disappointment? What is your dream? Secondly, what is your greatest disappointment? If you can be honest and say, my greatest disappointment is, and just with you and God, nobody else, just you and God, this is my greatest disappointment. Number three, what makes you sick when you think about it? Not having it. What is it that you just think? Is it that you didn't finish college? Is it that you never bought a home? Or is it that you, your marriage didn't work? What is it that, that makes you feel sick? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is it? Number four, what are you looking for? If I were to ask you what you're looking for, that's going to help you because it, <laughs> it brings grounding. I am looking for what? Now, as a pastor, you know, am I looking for the church to grow? Is that my biggest, biggest thing? Am I looking for new buildings? Am I looking for more members? Am I looking for more money? What am I looking for? More fame, more notoriety, more of this, more of you to stream in. What, what am I looking for? Number five, you ready? What in your life makes you feel fulfilled? What is exciting in your life? So notice I've gone from what's not going well to what is going well. I think you, if you can settle those questions in your mind, it, we can know what you're hoping for. We can avoid you becoming sick because I know what you're looking for. And then we can address each of those things. In my mind, a lot of things I was looking for um, didn't do what I thought they would do. I don't know if you've had that experience or not. I thought that if I got around certain people, I thought if I was invited in certain circles, I thought if I were recognized by certain individuals, I thought if I had a certain academic pedigree, I thought if I had a certain degree, I thought, I thought, I thought, and a lot of times I was wrong. Uh, so I thought maybe, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm going to be really honest, you know, if you think if you, if you have a certain sexual experience, right, or if you have a certain, certain uh, you get married, or if you think if you have children, there are a lot of things that I expected. If I bought that house and lived in that dream house, and if I had that car, there are a lot of things in my life that I thought. Now, again, I'm going to talk about some of this a little bit in a minute, but I want you to notice that notice, I've learned a lot of things that I thought would fulfill me don't. I, I, I was surprised. One of the benefits of prospering is you learn that, that money doesn't give you all the happiness you thought it would give you. One of the things that I've learned about life is that you can't, you, you think things that are not true and you believe things that are not true and then you, if you're not careful, you, you get it all wrong. But let me give you a verse, another verse that might help us step forward here. In John chapter 10, verse 10, here's a promise that God made. Here's what he said. The thief comes to steal, Jesus said this, and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So understand that that is God's plan for you. That is God's plan for you. Let me read it again. The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. Now, there are 
four thoughts to help you um, manage disappointments in this verse. Four things that might help you. Number one, note this. Remember, God's goal is to give you an abundant life. That's God's goal. God's not against you having an abundant life. Now, nobody gets to define that but you. That's not what I think. It's not what the church thinks. It's not what your friends think or your family thinks. What do you think an abundant life looks like? Number two, watch this. I want you to write down three things that you define as an abundant life. I want you to, I want you to take a moment and I want you to write them down. I think it's important to do this because I've learned that if I, just like, for example, I write this vision thing every, every year and every so often I add to it. I did yesterday. I added some, okay, this is my vision for the church I'm leading, for the, my family, for my personal finance. I, write, I wrote down what I, what I thought would be a great life what I thought would help me. So write down three things, okay? Three things that you would define as an abundant life. Okay, number three, watch this. I want you to write down the three steps you need to take to achieve that. So I want you to write down three things that you think are abundant life and then three steps you need to take to get there. Three and three. Now, here's why I want you to do that. I want you to get specific. You can listen to a sermon all day long and go, wow, that's a, that's a preaching man, that's good. But if you never write down any action steps, then you just heard a good message and you're inspired and you feel good. But that's not going to pay you. That's not going to fix your life. That's not going to change anything. So write down the three things you define as an abundant life. Some of you say, OK, marriage, OK, uh, job paying 50,000 or 100,000 or whatever. Write it down. OK, and be realistic. OK, and don't say you're going to be an Olympian because, you know, you're not in that kind of shape. You're not going to go exercise like that. So don't put that down. Get really honest. These are the three things I want. And then these are the three steps I've got to take to get there. And when you look at the three steps, the question is, are you willing to do them? Are you willing to do them? Are you willing to do them? Um, and, I, you know, and I think if you're not willing to do that, if you, if you know that you're not willing to do the three steps, then, you know, that's the starting place. This is why your, whole, your life is going to end up in this hope deferred state forever. Because if you're not willing to do the three things, for example, let's say your dream is to be, uh, to graduate with a degree, but you're not willing to study. Well, that's never going to happen. You want to be in good shape, but you're not willing to adjust your diet or eat better or exercise. Well, that's never going to happen. I mean, hope deferred does happen sometimes because people won't do what it takes to get there. It's not a God issue. It's a you issue. It's an issue that you, you struggle with. You can't think another thought. You can't elevate your brain above a, a certain place. And I can relate to that. So I want you to do one last thing. You ready? I want you to write down Three things that can stop you from having an abundant life. So number one, you're going to write down, you know, what, what, what you define as an abundant life. Three things, okay? Then number two, you're going to write down what three steps you need to take to get to those things. So you want to be a student in school, okay? That means I got to go and apply, right? That's the step. So you write down the three steps. Three, things, three goals and three steps. And then lastly, you're going to put down three things that can stop me. What can stop me? What can hinder me? What can get in my way? Pride, whatever, I mean, name it. What can get in your way? Procrastination. It's, you know, it's Christian. <laughs> we like to come to church. We like to pray. We like to talk to God and act like this is all God's issue. I'm where I am because of God or not because of God. It's all God's fault. You have no responsibility. It's not how it works. A man reaps what he sows. If you're not involved in this process, your hope deferred state could be because you won't take the steps. And God says, listen, hope deferred is going to make you sick. So here's what you should probably do. Deal with the hopes. 
Deal with the things that you know are important to you because you're going to be miserable. And it's not God's fault. It's not your daddy's fault. Your mama's fault is you are not taking the steps. So take a moment. Write down those three things. Right. Ask yourself those three sets of questions. And hopefully that'll get you moving at least. Now, what I want to do is turn to me because I thought it's always fun. Uh, I, and when I preach, I try to say, OK, so how does this apply to my personal life? And I'm really honest. This is the way you can be really nosy. OK, what do, what, what do you need to do, Ricky Temple? What's your personal answer to this question? What <laughs> what do you think, sir? What do you define as an abundant life? Here you go. You ready? This is what I define as an abundant life for me. Ricky Ricardo Temple. Me. You Ready? Number one. A good self-image. A good self-image. One, one of my advisors or staff members says, call it self-concept. That's what he said. I want to look in the mirror and like me. To me, that's an abundant life. I want to like the guy in the mirror. That's, that's for me. I want to feel good about me. Secondly, I want good relationships. I like getting along with people. I like, I like getting along. I like getting along with people. I like peace. I don't like strife. I'm, I'm good at managing it, I think. I think I'm pretty able to speak up when I need to. But I understand the power of good relationships. Pursue peace, the Bible said, with all men. And that's me. But I'm not afraid of a fight or a war. I'm not afraid of conflict. I understand it's part of my life and job, part of my calling. I'm a warrior for God. I get that. So, but I, 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 I love good relationships. So it's good self-image. I want to look in the mirror and love me. Number two, I want to have good relationships. Here's number three. I want good health. Uh, you know, as you get, I'm 64-ish. And uh, I'm telling you, at 64, there are moments you just realize, you know, boy, mm, if you're not healthy, it's awful. I mean, you know, I was, you know, <laughs> I had this moment you know, before I got here. To, I, 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 I took a step, right? And, I, and I, I knew in my head, I thought, I'm turning to the left. And I, I turned and my leg didn't come up. It's like, you know, you're supposed to go turn left, like make the turn. Well, I just kind of um, didn't turn. I almost threw myself. <laughs> it was hilarious. I said, tempo, focus. Leg up, turn body. See, as you get older, you got to concentrate sometimes. You got you to like, okay. I am now turning left. You almost have to send an email. Okay, I, I'm turning left now. I'm turning, <laughs> I'm turning right. It's funny. Your body is so amazing. And if I don't exercise and if I don't stretch and if I don't work out, I don't, man, I'm telling you, everything hurts. Back, neck, lips, everything hurts. I mean, it's like, you just, it's like, wow. And I, and I, I'm, I see people as I head to the 70s when it really is bad. So I better do something in the 60s. Thank God I did something in the 50s and the 40s that at least gave me this foundation. But I'm terrified to think of what I'm going to be like as I get older if I don't continue to try. Some of you are just letting it go. Just, hey, I'm just dying. And you just, <laughs> just, what are you doing? Why are you letting yourself go? Fight. Get up. Walk. Lift your arms up. Okay, anyway. So good health. Okay, ready? So here's mine. Here's my last one, number four. This is a bonus, a bonus, I call it number four. I like, I, my, my definition of, of abundant life is, is good fun. Just fun. Now, I want to say this, that includes stuff. Some things I want to have, I mean, it's not even a good investment. 
It's just not even, it's just, I just want to do it. I want to go there. I want to, I want to stay in that hotel. I want to fly on that plane. I want to go to that city. I want to have fun. I want to, I want to eat that meal. I want a steak with stuff. I want it to be, you know, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I don't eat it all the time. But there are moments when abundant life is said, bring me that steak out there, boy, with, you know, okay. You know, well done, because my wife is here. It's got to be, well, I'd get it a little bit raw, but she's here, so I got to get well done. And then put some sauce on it. What? Yes, fun. There are times I just want to have fun. I want to ride in the car and lean and play music loud. Fun. There are moments when that's an abundant life to me. Going to the beach, sitting out on the beach. This is cool. Sitting out on the beach, right, in your lawn chair with no schedule. I can stay here for four hours if I want to and look at nothing but the wind and the water of the ocean with my girl beside me. That is fun to me. That's fun to me. I mean, just flat out fun. There are moments when that's abundant living and God supports that. He does. So what steps do I need to take to achieve my abundant life? And these are my three steps that I need to take. Right? I told you to write down your steps. Here are my steps. Number one, define where I want to go. If, if I want to go and have an abundant life, I need to say, okay, I want to, I want to go there. I want to be this way. I want, define your, your personal direction. Number two, define what it will cost. I need to be clear about what the cost is going to be to have the life I want. And number three, I need to define who can help me. Who can help me? Who are the people that can help me? And, who, and be honest about who can't. Some people can help you get to an abundant life and some people cannot. Some people can help you get to a place and you have to be really honest. Look at your friends, look at the people around you and say, I'm, they may be good people, I love them, but they can't help me start the business. They can't help me uh, uh, learn more about this area that I'm interested in. Being honest about that. But what really is interesting is the things that can stop me. And I tell you to write that down too. What can stop you? And here are three things that can stop me. You ready? Pride. A lot of pride sometimes in preaching, a lot of pride in ministry, a lot of pride in success. You know, you, you achieve a certain amount of success, you can become very prideful. You have more money than other people. You have more opportunity than other people. You, some of you look better than other people. You know, some of you are really good looking people. I mean, you know, I got a lot of friends. They're just good looking people. They just went, they got in the good looking line too many times. And I tell them, be careful. Because when you, when you have certain gifts, you can become prideful. And you can become arrogant. And not even notice it. You're just, you, you girl, you know you got it. You can get any guy to look at you. And, and what's scary is you can probably get most guys you, you like. And you can become prideful. Women can become very prideful. You put down other women who have weight problems because you, you're slender or because you have advantage in, in the marketplace. You, make a, you have a big paycheck, so pride can get in the way. That's, that's an important thing. I, I look for that in my heart. I think you've got to be a person with confidence. I think you have to be a person who takes pride in what you do. But there's a big difference between that and being a, being a person who's prideful and arrogant. I have to be careful and watch for that. Number two, I have to make sure that ignorance doesn't take over. Sometimes you're just out of school. That can stop me from having an abundant life. You may not know enough. Some of you are 10 books away from wisdom. You're five books away. You don't do enough research. You, don't, you, just, you just assume you know based on what you know. Let me say it again. You assume you know based on what you know, and you could be walking in ignorance. There are times I thought things were true and I was wrong. I was walking in ignorance and didn't know it. 
And then lastly, greed. Greed can stop me from getting to the promised land, the abundant life God has for me. Because everything is about money, everything is about advantage, everything is about everything is about me achieving, and greed can dominate. So don't let that dominate you. It's really sad because it can lie to you, can lie to you, and make you believe things that aren't true. And I want to tell you, that's not sustainable. If you allow those things to lie to you and you begin to believe in lies, you will end up in a place that's not true. Because the Bible says in Luke chapter 8, verse 17, that everything done in secret is going to come to the light. The lies you've believed. And greed is a big lie. Next time I'm going to take up this topic and talk about lies that, that hide the truth. Lies that hurt us. Lies that stop us. And I'm going to tell you, lying is not a sustainable way to live. Living in a lie, believing lies, and all those things can hinder you. But we'll talk about that next time. Let me pray for you today. Father, I pray for those who've heard me today. Let this be a moment when they say, God, I hear you. I get it. I understand the danger of, of living in a state of constant um, grief and sorrow and hope deferred. I pray that you'd help me get to a place of fulfillment. Help me make the steps, take the steps, pray and go to the place I need to so I can receive what you have, have for me. You come to give me life and give me more of an abundant life. And that's not just stuff. It's a mixture. And it's not the same for everybody. But part, at the core of that abundant life is you having a relationship with the living God. May we embrace you, but also embrace life that you gave us in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I hope this helps you face your life and look at yourself and say, in answer to these questions, am I living a disappointing life? What do I really want? What is my dream, my passion? I want to pray for you today. Father, let this be a sermon that inspired them to dream. And I give you all praise and glory for them. May they find peace and healing in your name. Amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. See you next time. We've got more to talk about. See you next time. Bye-bye.